Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our weekly message. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. To connect with our church family and to watch our live streams, please visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc. How many feel good in your soul this morning? You feel good? About three of us. How many feel horrible in your soul? I make up on now. <laughs> Come on, let's just stay right here, Father. We just worship you. We just worship you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus.
discouragement. I just want to go after that one more time. Is that, come on, is that anybody in this room? All right, come on, let's just pray for this right here, okay? Let's do it one more time. Let's do it one more time. Father, I just impart courage right now to those that their arms are lifted up. Father, we just impart strength right now to those that their arms are lifted up in the name of the Lord God. Father, we pray that out of Habakkuk, remember where he said, even though the fig doesn't blossom, even though the ox be not in the stalls, yet thou makest my feet like the hinds feet of a deer, and yet will I praise him. Father, I pray for the strength of God to enter in right now, that you're going to run this next season of the journey. This is not going to be a walking season. This is not going to be a hanging on season to stand and uh, you've done all you knew to stand. No, there's a running coming inside of you. So, Father, I just release the runner right now. The, I, I, I come against discouragement. I come against wanting to quit in the name of the Lord. And I just bless you right now. I bless you right now with a fresh fire to burn inside of your loins right now. In the name of Jesus, that he would relight. Your, he would just relight, rekindle you this morning. Jesus. Man, I feel this thing right now coming in this room. God is relighting some candles. Some of you have been, it's like the wings been snuffed out. But I'm telling you this morning by the power of his spirit, God is igniting and relighting some things inside of you this morning. So Father, we bless the people right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's go to Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. I'm going to, I just want to share of just a couple of things with you and uh, what I feel like is really right online with what I'm going after um, already. But last week we just uh, run around and laid hands. So I want to try to give you just some solid uh, word before you exit out of here. How many has been catching up with Pastor Mitch and I on Wednesday night, this past Wednesday night? Was, uh, was very good. It's well worth your time. Uh, when he and I sat down, I'm telling you that I don't know what that, um, I don't know what that camera is portraying or the, um, the live stream is doing, but I'm telling you the presence of the Lord was uh, very, very strong in here when he and I uh, did that recording. So um, just want to encourage you to do that. Also, by way of announcements, this, I guess we're coming up in a couple of weeks. I don't know how uh, what day, uh, I do know it's Sunday, I know that, but I don't even know what today's date is. July the 4th falls on a Sunday, and so um, we're going to do a live stream only service that day because uh, basically Steve just doesn't want to come to church, and um, so he begged me to do it and actually paid me a little bit to do that. No, I'm cutting up with you. We just as a leadership would realize, hey, we're going to be with our family, and so that Sunday be live stream only. So that will affect only half the audience, the ones that are not here. And uh, but um, but we want to share that with you. But we'll have a a fresh word of content on there uploaded, and you can watch it while you're grilling your hamburgers and stuff like that. You good? All right. So um, how many knows that I, one of the things, and I've actually uh, uh, flirted with this a little bit, but Rick Joyner has since they started Morningstar, they always shut down for the month of July. 
And uh, you would think, man, that, that's kind of scary. And you would shut the whole ministry down for a month. But it is time that they sit back and rest as leadership and reflect. And he said he's never came back in August and had uh, less people than what he, uh, he always had more. And they encouraged the people to go visit uh, whatever. And so if you are one of those who said, well, I'm not going to watch it live. I'm going to go to church. Well, go bless some of the fine places we have in our community. Amen. But... Um, all right, so let's get in the Word. Mark chapter 4, you there? All right, we've got three people. So uh, if you don't help me, I, I can preach this in about three hours, but I can go in 30 minutes if you help me. So it's going uh, to be uh, up to you where we go. So uh, I'm cutting up. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. I'm reading out the Passion Translation. It says, Jesus also told them this parable. God's kingdom realm is like someone spreading seed on the ground. God's what? Kingdom is lacking to what? Instant success. Is that what it says in the Bible? Go to three services and you're going, <laughs> God's kingdom realm is like someone with what? Seed. I'm telling you, if you cut me open, I can, I can bleed this through because I'm telling you, we have got to get to train in some generation, a, a fresh generation, some old truths, okay? I, everything from the old school ain't bad. And there's a lot in the old school that'll save your life. And there's a lot in the new school that'll get you shipwrecked. Are you with me now? So I got some old school in me, and I'm going to preach really from an old school thing. I don't mind with dressing it up a little bit in the digital world, but there's still some truths that we cannot vacate. Are you with me now? We can't, we can't, let, we can't, we can't leave them aside. And so what we got to understand is in our Western culture, everything is instant. Used to when you wanted to go watch a movie, you had to go to a movie gallery or whatever and go rent the thing. You with me now? Now you just hit a button and it plays on your TV. Well, all of this consumer mentality has come inside the church. And it's eating up a whole entire generation that we want instant success, instant everything, God to do it overnight for me. But God is still a farmer. He's still tending the garden. And he expects for us to co-labor with him. Come on, somebody. He's going to do it, but he wants to position me at a place to grow me in the process. All right. So this morning, if I would title this, I would title this Planted, Developed, and Harvest. It's going to come in those three stages. Nobody starts out at harvest. I remember going to a baccalaureate service, Catherine, remember this, and I, I, was, I was in our early 20s, we just got married, went to a baccalaureate service, and they was asking the teenagers that, uh, what did they want to do? And one of the guys they brought on the stage, he said, I don't know what I know, I don't know what I want to do yet, but I know this, I'm looking forward to retirement. <laughs> At 18, he was looking forward to retirement. I told Catherine, he doesn't have a clue what life holds in store for him. Are you with me now? All right. So we're all looking for retirement first. But Jesus said God's kingdom is like someone spreading seed on the ground. He goes to bed and he gets up day after what day? Oh, here's a continual process here. And the seed sprouts and grows tall. Though he knows not how, all by itself it sprouts. And the soil produces a crop, first the green stem, then the head of the stalk, and then fully developed grain in the head. Then when the grain is ripe, he immediately puts the sickle to the grain because harvest time has come. Harvest did not come first, but the planting of the seed came first. 
This is how God begins to move things in our life. How many knows this? When you first start out with the Lord, usually in that first 12 months to 24 months, God will be impregnating your heart with vision. Usually he'll awaken you to your call right away. Has anybody else found that? Your call comes right. It was young David who slayed Goliath, who made it into the palace. How many knows he was destined to be in there? But it took him several years to take that place. So God awakens the call very early, and discouragement comes in because we think when if God said it tonight, he should at least have it done by Wednesday. There's things that God told me years ago that I have not seen in fruition yet. I, and, and here's the thing. God does some things to keep me, to let me know I've never have forgotten what I told you. You're still on a journey, but you're not there yet. All right. So Joseph Garlington says this. I love his quote like this. He says, we, are go, we go from glory to glory, but it gets gory in the hallway. It's the hallway seasons of in between that we want to give up and throw in the towel. But how many knows this? Just because you have transformed from one glory to the next glory, listen, there'll be a greater level when you get there. You're just in the between process. So in Psalm 68, 6, let me just say this because I'm trying to preach this in the hurry. The first thing God does when he awakens you is he wants to plant you in a family. The church is a family. It is not some military bride. It is not a business organization. It is a family that is operated by mothers and fathers and grandpas and grandmas and aunts and uncles. There's kids and grandkids in the environment, but the church is a family. So the first thing God wants to do is he knows what he's put inside of you. He is the great teacher. He knows what he has inside of you. So he plans to put you with some people that can develop what's on the inside of of you so the first thing he does is he starts locating you in a tribe of people now I, I just like you how many knows you had no choosing of your family your mom and dad got together and there you came let me say this I believe that God divinely chooses our family like it or hate it he's the one that chose us come on now and he chose our family my job is just to stay inside the family. Do you realize that there will things happen and grow in your life? You don't know how they grow. You don't know how, just like this parable, how did it happen? All I know is I stayed planted. Now, my children came home. They were, they were a couple of weeks ago. John Bailey and Asher went up to Tennessee, and they were up in Gatlinburg, uh, uh, Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge. And um, so they come back with these rocks. And, and John Miller had these rocks. He said, Dad, look how smooth these stones are. How many knows that those stones did not get smooth in a week? What, what made them smooth was their ability to stay planted in that river. Any one time the stone could have chosen said, I'm tired of laying here in this river. It's getting tough laying here. I mean, the current gets swift here. I mean, there's particles coming down, sand and everything else that's grinding on the rock. But how many knows when David went to take out Goliath, he went to a brook to choose five smooth stones. He did not get a stone that was jagged. He did not get one that was triangle. He got something that was round and smooth that would be able to fly. It's the same thing when God gets ready to do something great he's looking for a family of people and he's looking for a smooth stone in that environment if you can't stay planted you will never stay you you, you can't get smooth 
So what's the first thing God's going to do? He's going to plant me in a family. Listen to this verse of Scripture, Psalm 68, 6. God sets the lonely in families, but he brings out those who are, uh, but he brings out those who are bound into prosperity. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. The word, the word sets is translated, he places. It means to stay. It means to dwell, to remain. And six times it is translated marry. Man, I could preach forever right here. This is a word we've lost in society called covenant. God expects us to be in covenant with a family of people. And when you're in covenant because you get mad, you don't take your ball and go home. Come on, y'all. What keeps us going home to our marriages is the fact that there's a covenant in place and the fact that we're in love with each other. Come on, somebody. And love never seeks its own. We're in covenant. We got no choice but to work it out. So God is, the first thing he does is push you with your tribe. I can promise you this, you will never find your family without having issues. And you will never have, it will not be issue free. You will have to work through issues with your family. I mean, I have went to the Lord and said, Lord, could you find me some more folk to go with because I'm tired of going with these. But I've never heard him one time start dealing with somebody else in a personal place of prayer. He always starts dealing with me. All right, so God says you up with your family. I can't tell you how, many, how, how much importance it is to get this. Listen to this verse of Scripture. Well, you know, I don't understand how I found this family or whatever. Listen to this verse of Scripture. Acts 17, verse 26 and 27 says, From one man, Adam, he made every race of humanity. And he spread us all over the earth, and he sets the boundaries of people and nations, determining their appointed times in history. He has done this so that every person would long for God Feel their way to him. Look at this. Feel their way to him and find him, for he is the God who is easy to discover. So what it is by no happenstance that you just chose to live where you live. Are y'all alive in here? Are you with me? Could the sovereign hand of God have something to do by choosing the boundaries in which we live? Why wasn't I born in Indiana? Why wasn't I born in Miami? Why did I happen to be born Two hours from here in South Georgia. South Georgia. Are you with me? I'm 18 years old. I just received salvation. I feel like God's called me into the ministry. And the first revival that uh, is held at my church that I attend, Pastor Dale's preaching that revival and Steve's traveling with him and he comes out and I'm 18 years old and I meet them. How many believes, do you believe that is happenstance or is that the divine hand of God orchestrating something? So the divine hand of the Lord is orchestrating my tribe of people of who I'm going to be with because God has something placed inside of me that that tribe of people knows how to develop. My, pro my job is just to stay connected to the tribe. You with me? All right. Ruth 1, 16 through 17, you've heard me preach this a bunch. Ruth said, don't force me to leave you. Don't force me to leave you. Who did God provide in Ruth's life? Naomi. You with me? Naomi leaves the land of, of the house of bread and goes to the land of Moab looking for bread. Her husband dies. Her two children, her two sons die. Now she's got two widows, uh, um, uh, Ruth and Orpah, and then she's headed back home and Orpah turns to leave, but Ruth says, no, I'm not leaving. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. 
Your people's going to be my people. Come on, somebody. And your God will be my God. How many knows that God had something inside of Ruth? She's a kinsman. Come on now. She's destined to meet Boaz, but she will never know Boaz if she doesn't choose to follow after Naomi. Because it's Naomi's connection that's going to lead her into her destiny to find Boaz. This is how important it is to stay to the tribe. You with me? All right. Now, The next step is development. Here's where the first step is pretty much, I mean, it's easy. I can find my tribe of people and I can hang on. I can weather some storms, even if people get crazy. Y'all ain't never had to go church crazy people. <laughs> but I've been in a few. Here's the next stage. God wants to bring development. Now, this is where, this is where, this is where we got to do some work especially when it comes to our young people and, and, and the messaging that we, we've got to uh, bring to them. Because there is a major generational gap from my generation to where we're at now in the way, way we believe, way we think, the way we process information, the whole nine yards. So I was listening to a podcast one day, and they quoted these two authors that had wrote a book called The Coddling of the American Mind. And so you had never seen, uh, I, when I grew up on TV, I did not see people because they were in two different political parties out with uh, toting machine guns ready to kill the other party just because they didn't vote one way. Did y'all see any of that when y'all were, you know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe I was just sheltered, okay? But why do we see that today? Do you think that there's a new spirit that's just rose up on the earth and, and we're battling new demons? Come on, y'all. They're still the same amount of demons they were in Jesus' day. There's just more bodies for them to house now today than what was in Jesus' day. But here's the thing. What happens is, is something happened, and these, these three guys have done extensive study of this, and what they did was something's happened to the universities. See, when you and I went to school, if, you, if you're in your 40s and 50s, when you and I, the, 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 teachers taught us, the teachers taught us how to think, how to problem solve, how to work things out. Now we're being taught what to think. Come on, y'all. I, I, I was with someone the other day, and they had, uh, they had a young uh, teenage girl that was in their office, but the teenage girl believed she was a boy. And so, but because we're in the state school system, the, the mom was addressing the girl as a boy, so the educator had to address the girl, had to address the girl as a boy. Knowing you looking at a female, but you had to address him as a male. It's quiet up in here. Y'all, this is in the real world right out here, outside the walls, walls of the church. We can't see it because we live in the stained glass windows. You know what I'm saying? But there's real stuff happening outside the walls of the church. So, so they did this study, and in the front of the book of the American, uh, of the coddling of the, uh, of the American mind, how these untruths are setting up a generation for failure. Listen, I said these untruths are not setting up a, setting up a generation for, for success, but setting up a generation for failure. Now listen to this. So in this, they give this, they tell this story of a man named, um, I always mess him up, Missy Amos or something like Let's just say that. I mispronounced his name. Uh, Missy Amos, they're going to see him. He's a great oracle. And they fly to Greece, and he's on the northern slope of Mount Olympus in this cave, and he's giving out wisdom. 
And so these guys are doing research for their books, so they got to go see Miss Yamos about, about uh, they fly to Greece, and they get out, and they go on this hike, and it's pointing the way, letters are pointing up to where, to where Miss Yamos is, and they get there, and he's got the fountain of life coming up in his cave that you could drink from. He's in this big throne chair, and, and you get so many seconds with him to hear his greatest wisdom. And so they ask him, what is the greatest wisdom that you could give the current generation. We're fixing to write a book to hand into the hands of these Gen Zers, millennials. What is the greatest thing that we, you could give us, the three greatest truths? Well, here's his three greatest truths. Now, if you are my age and older, when you hear them, you're going to say, that's an absolute lie. But listen, look at this. Number one, what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. Think about this. When we talk about the stages of growth in the church, this is what I, I feel like. Matt, me and Matt was talking about this this week, and, and he was talking about because Damon was talking about this. We think that revival is going to come. We're going to wake up one morning, and all of a sudden revival has struck the globe like a lightning bolt's coming down out of heaven. Like Jesus and the Father and the Holy Ghost are sitting there, man, I cannot wait till it gets June the 11th, 2026, because this is when it's going to fall. That is not how it's going to happen. God is a farmer. He said the kingdom of heaven is like leaven hid in a measure of meal. It has taken us time to get worked into society. For, the, for years, the church has been afraid to get into the society. Religion has told us we got to cut ourselves off from the world. We're never going to infect the world by cutting ourselves off from the world. I'm not afraid of gays, lesbians, or anything else. Come on, somebody. We're there to bring influence of that kingdom. Come on. We're like leaven hid in a measure of meal. But religion told cut yourself off from the world. Don't be no football player. I asked Asher coming home yesterday. I said, Asher, I said, are you going to preach the gospel like me? He said, I don't know. He said, I think I'm going to be a baseball player. I said, well, the baseball players need a lot of gospel preached to them, so you need to be hidden right there. See, what we did is we told the church either get saved, become a worship leader, or a preacher. That's what, listen, God don't need worship leaders and preachers. He got plenty of them. He needs some school teachers that can tote the kingdom. He needs some doctors that can tote the kingdom. He needs some plumbers that can tote the kingdom. He needs some MLB players and some football players that can tote the kingdom into that realm. Are you with me now? So we cannot buy into this lie. Listen, I'm not talking about living like the world, but we got to be in the world. We're never going to bring any influence. Oh, man, I, there's so much I want to preach here, but I got to calm down. I get like Ric Flair or something. I don't know what it is. Dusty Rose spirit coming on me. What does it kill you makes you weaker. So he said this, avoid pain at all costs. As a father, I try to make the environment as safe as possible for my children. But if they don't never come into any resistance, they will not form properly. The only way you're going to build muscle is you got to have resistance. Anybody go to, I went, I went fishing the other day and I pulled up beside the gym. It was a little bit before 5 o'clock. People was in there shredding it. Two people. Why wasn't there 300 people in there? It's painful.
But you know what? Avoid pain at all costs. You don't need pain in your life. Don't do anything that's hurtful or harmful. But the real truth is real pain is going to happen in life. We live in something called the earth, the fallen realm. There's dust and decay in this life, and bad things are going to happen. I'm not prophesying death. I'm just telling you there's real stuff. There's real lions and bears out here. Now, I can go in there and whip, you know, I can go in there and whip fear every night for Asher and John Ben or whoever else. But at some point, I got to give them tools and say, this is what you got to do to stand your ground. Because long after I'm gone, he's still going to be beating him up, and he's not going to know how to get in the ring and fight. Now, as a good father, I know how to set up the battles. Come on, somebody. I'm never going to set up a battle. I'm never going to put him in the, in the ring with Chuck Liddell unless I know he can handle him. Come on, somebody. It's the same way your father does when you get into a battle. Listen to me. The fact that you in the battle is the assurance that you can win it. Because your daddy ain't never going to set up no fight that you can't win. Come on, somebody. He already knows the outcome. So the fact that the devil showed up and the fact that the battle is on is proof that I got in me the ability to win it. All right. So, the, so avoid pain at all costs. This is, this is ate up our young people in society. When we got hurt... When we were children, that means blood was flowing. Hey, y'all ain't got y'all, y'all ain't helping me. I remember playing sandlot baseball, and I was running to catch a fly ball, and I ran by and I felt something sting my leg. Well, what happened is, is I ran by a horseshoe stop that had been drove down several times, and it was beveled over, and it caught the side of my leg. I got ready on the next play, looked down, meat was hanging out of my leg. I started screaming, run all the way to the house. My dad looked at it. Hey, man, I'm telling you right now. Notice how the emergency rooms didn't have very many people in them either when we were little. Man, y'all would get on. <laughs> I can't help it. Hey, we didn't get meat hanging out of my leg. My dad, he does not need stitches. That's why if I was in shorts today, you'll see a gash light on the side of my legs because I didn't need stitches. I watched Steve cut his finger nearly about off. The only thing to say was the bone. I mean, I'm crying, panicking for him. You know what I'm saying? He didn't need stitches, stitches either. <laughs> Listen, I got to quit. I got to go on right. Listen, what doesn't kill you uh, makes you weaker. Here's the truth. Here is the wisdom that we grew up with. What doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Every battle that I have faced has built me into the person I am today. Resistance, the plane will never get off the ground if it does not face resistance against the wings. So what we have allowed a generation to is resistance is bad, they're never going to soar. But if they realize resistance and pain can be a good thing, it will make you get to a greater level in the Lord. All right, now here, here's the next thing, in development. The second thing he says is, always trust your feelings. If you live, oh, hold on, but see, all older folks in here say, man, you don't never do that. Young people say, I feel this way. I feel it. So if I feel it, it must be true. I don't know whether I'm man or woman. I feel this. 
But see, if we, if listen, and let me tell you this right here. If we don't get effectively teaching this as the body of Christ to our young people, that same mentality is coming right up through the church, and, and we have no counter, we have no counter apologetics to throw in the face of that. And so they leave here. That's why 90-something percent right now of evangelicals that are raised in the house of God, when they go to college, they leave the faith. Because we what we want to do is run around in here and hoop and holler. And Shondai Kondai, see me tie my tie, you tie your tie. I'm all for tongues, and I speak in tongues every day. But I'm also, that I'm telling you right now, we need to value the teaching gift in the house of God, and we need to value the teaching of the Word. I love worship, and worship is a top priority, but listen, we have got to value the teaching of the Word of God. Just because you feel it doesn't mean that, okay? Are you with me now? So the kingdom says, listen, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You've got to learn how to go through your feelings. These days, I don't feel saved. It doesn't mean I'm not saved. I told Catherine this morning, I don't feel preachy, but I'm pretty preachy right now. If I'd have balled into the feeling, I'd have laid down and said, I can't preach this morning. Why? I don't feel preachy. Listen, this is what we got people to come in here and receive prayer for healing. I don't feel healed, so therefore I'm not healed. I didn't ask you what you felt. Come on, somebody. I said the word of God declares you are healed by his stripes. And are we going to stand on a feeling or are we going to stand on faith in the written word of God? It ain't about feeling. I don't feel God every time I go into prayer. I wish I did. At some point, I probably will. But I'm telling you, there's days sometimes I had to go after him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I had to linger for a while before I felt his presence come on. Pastor Dale used to teach it like this. Who do you think knows more about me, Grant or Asher? Who do you think knows more about me on an intimate basis, Grant or Asher? Who do you think feels my embrace the most, Asher or Grant? Asher, he can still run up and I can pick him up and hold him. Now, if Grant tries to get up here and hold me, hold my, I'm, I'm probably going to fall down with him. I mean, he's a grown man, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't feel me as much as what he feels as Asher does, but he knows me more intimately. So, Massimo said, we got to tell a generation this, trust your feelings. If you feel it, it's so. Last thing he says is, Life is a battle between good people and evil people. It's us or them. This mentality ate up the universities. Therefore, why by you see students in the street willing to kill because one's a Democrat and one's a Republican? Because it's us versus them. So let's move on a little bit. How does these tear up the development stage? Listen to this. Paul spent 14 years developing after he had the road to Damascus experience. 14 years! Pastor John, I've been at it for five years, and God ain't answered. He not brought me into fruition or nothing. Are you kidding me? Five years. Why don't you go? <laughs> Man, y'all will get off. It's, uh, this is a broccoli message, huh? Somebody been in business for five years and wonder why they ain't a billionaire yet. Are you kidding me? Huh? 
He spent four. Paul, the apostle Paul, Saul of Tars, on the way to Damascus in Acts 9 is knocked down. He's blinded for three days. And Anais lays hands upon him, releases the prophecy over his life of what he's going to fulfill. And 14 years in development. This is in every, I, I, I live in the sports arena. We got people that go to a batting cage for 30 minutes and wonder why they're not hitting 618 home runs in the game. I mean, you, you expect me to do this for an hour a day? <laughs> Translated to the worship team. You play an instrument one time a month and wonder why we can't go any further. Mm. Let's quit, preacher. Quit. Somebody said, Lord, well, let, wait, help him out, Lord. Help him quit right now. Jesus spent 30 years in development, not in maturation, not in harvest, in development. Mm. David waited 15 years from being anointed. Can you imagine? David, David was not there, but his brothers all saw it as the chariots pulled up with Samuel pulling, pulling up. The prophet of God comes out and says, one of your boys is going to be the next king. David's on the backside of the desert. He gets anointed in front of all of his brothers. He hears the word of the Lord, and it takes him 15 years to walking in that. I'm just saying, man, y'all, we're on to something. It's just taking time. I've been at this for a little over 20 years. The two to three year sprinters is no longer in the race today. I right, listen to this. Joseph waited 14 years after his dream to become second in command. Joseph waited 14 years. Just imagine Joseph today. He has the dream tonight. I saw seven, y'all going to bow down to me. You know, he has the dream tonight. And if this generation is carrying it, they're in discouragement because they had the dream on Sunday night and they're not in, they're not in the full harvest maturation of that word by Friday. God ain't moving. Hey, he showed me in a dream Sunday night. He ain't moving. Come on. Y'all right? All right. Psalms 105 verse 19, write this on your refrigerator, put it on a sticky note. says, concerning Joseph, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the, the Lord tested Joseph's character. How many's got that? You put this word, word on your steering wheel, to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. <laughs> huh? We got that, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. God's going to bless me. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. Huh? I mean, you got the, you, you take, you driving to Dawson, but you stole a Lexus tag and put it on there, prophesying until you get there. Are you with me? Listen, till the time the word of the Lord came to pass, the word of the Lord tested Joseph. So what is the development stage in your life about? Test. Nobody loves the test. I, I don't like the test. But the testing season comes to see if you have it in you what it takes to stand in that place. Now, know this is. If you were to announce tomorrow you are running for president of the United States, everything you ever did would be plastered out on the thing. 
Why is it that rough? Why is the campaign trail that rough? Because it is preparation to what it takes to hold the office. If you can't endure the, if you can't endure the hardship of the campaign race, you will never endure what it takes to sit in a chair. Because when you, a lot of, here's where we mess up. A lot of people think once you arrive at the chair that the problems cease. Once you arrive at the chair, the problems begin. The other was only mediocre lions and bears on the campaign trail to watch your face in there. That's when Goliath shows up. But when you're able to defeat the lions and the bears, you're in preparation to take Goliath out when you get in the chair. Are you with me now? So Danny will say this sometimes. He cuts up because of my personality. He said, we all know you tote guns. Well, he's talking about in the spirit. He said, we know you got the guns. You know what I'm saying? You like the flash. But let me tell you something. I didn't get the guns because I purchased them somewhere. I got the guns through the seasons of life that I walked through. Come on, y'all. When I wanted to give up and I didn't think there was no way I was going to make it. Has anybody else ever been there? When you see the train on the track, he's blowing the horn, and the light looks like the, the front of the train's fixing to hit you, and God comes through. Those are things that can never be taken from you. You don't get that out of a book. There's things that you can get in a book, but there's things that only time and life can teach you. And the man that has experience is never at the hands of my, at mercy to the one that only has knowledge. How many's ever seen, talking about tests, I probably don't watch this movie, it's probably not clean, I probably shouldn't even said this. But the movie Heart's War, I like stuff like that. I like tombstone, things like this. I like movies with Gus and killing, you know what I'm saying? And somebody getting whipped. Like the notebook, be crying. Kathy Cullum, she know I like the notebook. <laughs> we have fought before. I said, we like Noah and Allie. I would have quit. <laughs> um, <laughs> haven't even seen Heart's War. Remember Bruce Willis. Remember when they're captured. You remember the young guy, Colin Farrell, whose family had a lot of money. So because his family had a lot of money in World War II, he moved up in ranks. He didn't start out as a private. He started out as a lieutenant. And he was never groomed for the lieutenant's position. Money in his, in his family name is what got him there. But old heart, he come from the ground up. And when it come time for them to test him and interrogate him, old Colin caved in on the first round of testing. Because remember, he goes back and he tells the man, he, said, he tells old heart, he said, he said, how many rounds did they took? He said, they took me through all of them. He said, did they? He said, well, what was the final round? And he told him and explained to him, and he caved in on the very first round. What you got to understand is God is committed. He's not committed to your destiny. He's committed to your development. Oh, my God. I said something right there. I said God's not committed to your promise. He's committed to your process. And in, because here's the thing, why doesn't God just commit to my destiny? Why does he commit to my development? Because in your development is your destiny. In your development is your destiny. Are you with me now? So until the time that the word came to pass, the word was testing Joseph. We're going to have to go through some things. That's just life. I, I mean, all I can tell you is, is you're going to have to learn how to strap your boots on. That guy that sold you when you come down to get saved and you shook his hand and he had on khaki pants and a little polo and he said, life's going to be great now. He didn't tell you the whole thing. Jesus, when he brought him in, he said, let me tell you like this, fellas. He said, I'm sending you out in the midst of wolves, but you sheep. 
How many signing up for that trip? You consider the sheep going in the midst of wolves. But he said, know this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you even until the end. Y'all right? I'm fixing to be done right here. You can't preach this without mentioning this. This is the greatest illustration I've ever seen. And I would, if, if the language wasn't bad, I'd put it on the screen. It ain't no different than what y'all going to say at Hardy's when they tell you to pull that white line. But, but I got to finish this. I got to finish Jesus, help us, Lord. All right. You, you all right? All right. Man, I, I don't went past it, Lord. Forgive me. The karate kid shows the development stage better than anything I've ever seen. You know, I remember when Catherine and I started out, Zach remember this. You remember, I don't know, you was, you was pretty young here, but when we were in that first building before we ever redid it. All right. I mean, I was called to touch the nations. That's what I was probably, I mean, you, you, there's a, I mean, Man, I'm, I'm called to great things. I'm not called to wear this Willie George costume, Rover the dog, to teach kids on faith. They're taking, I mean, these people don't understand me. I'm called for the big stuff. I mean, the mic, the book signing. You know what I'm saying? And they got me in Rover coming to faith, dog. <clears throat> Catherine, you tell them if I'm telling you the truth. When we started the service, we was in this old Dawson dealership, and the air conditioner squealed so bad on top of the roof. Yeah, upstairs. So while worship's going on, hey, I'm called to the great stuff. I got this little oil gun squirting oil into the wheels where they could worship. <laughs> Tell me, I'm not telling the truth. Huh, you remember this? Hey, and here's the thing. There was no air conditioner ducts up there where we had children's church, and I had to wait on her to set the lesson up before I could ever come out and rover come to faith, dog. I had like three bottles of Gatorade in there, dehydration, all kind of stuff going on. <laughs> huh? But let me say this. I would never be where I'm at today had I not been willing to be rover come to faith, dog, all the stuff. Are you with me now? Because it don't change now that I hold the mic. I'm still the chief custodian. Come on, somebody. Am I not up in this place? You know what I'm saying? You, the development is all about the student. Jason says this. He quotes Bruce Lee. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. You say, well, I just can't find nobody to teach me. It's probably the posture of your heart. Because when you are submitted, come on, somebody, the teacher will always appear. All right, I'm, I got to be done. Proverbs 20, 21 says, An inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. The strength to hold it comes from the struggle to obtain it. Man, I, listen to this. I want to finish with this. There is a harvest season. And I do believe this. There is a, a lot of people in this room that, that is upon that harvest season. But what I found to be true in my life, I have experienced some suddenlies of God. The suddenlies just happen, boom. They just, they just show up and breakthrough just arrives like that. But what has been the most, con most consistent is seeing breakthrough come 
after persistence of just steady moving. Are you with me now? So I just want to say this. I think when it comes to, when it comes to how we, we, we're training a generation of leaders, you know what I'm saying? And just like, just like I watched you, you know, the pictures from last night, you're standing in that small room. I had this, man, I, 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 don't, I don't understand this language where we just, we come in and we get, I understand that God's going to take the parable of the, of the labors and the last day, you know, the 11th hour guy, he's going to come in here and outrun us all, but it doesn't matter. What I'm talking about still holds true. I don't care if he made it in an hour, 45 minutes, or 10 minutes. He's still got to be developed. Do you understand? How many agree what I, there, there still has to be development in a person's life? My son, we just, Catherine and them just got back from Palm Beach. You're going to love this. In this big, large baseball tournament. And so the Grandham's coach is coming out and talking to them at the end. He's talking to them about the future. What you want to do. It's up to you. He said, you think you, you think you major league ready. This is the best of the best gathered in South Florida to play. He said, I've seen two, possible two MLB draft picks down here. The rest is JUCO, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. But this, I'm just telling y'all where we're at. We, we're dealing with this in the church. Where maybe I'm preaching the leadership here. You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily. But we got little Johnny that's hitting 215. But parents think he's a draft pick. I'm just telling you this. I know this right here. I chase the dream with my kids, and I want to help them chase the dream. But I tell you this right here. You, we got to have some sustainability long after the dream don't happen. And they got to have some truth to be able to stand on. Are you with me now? I love the confidence that Asher's got. His first day of baseball practice, he gets in the truck, and this is what he says. Dad, I'm clearly the best person on our team. Huh? But you know what? And after the teams got broke up and we start playing all-stars, now he's trying to find a position because he realized maybe he's not the best one on the field. Maybe he's the best one in the aquarium. But when he got to the lake, he's not the best one. And then when you get out of the lake, get in the ocean, you're sure not the best one. I remember a guy telling me that work, what used to work with me on our job. He, man, my God, he could sing. I mean, he was a local. I mean, I mean, Hometown rock star, but I mean, he's unbelievable. Play, sing. I mean, he sounds just like George Strait. I mean, it's unbelievable. So he goes to Nashville. He's going to make it big. Two years later, he come home. He said, when I got to Nashville, I learned this, that the person in the Waffle House cooking is, is the best singer you've ever heard in your life. So what I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just trying to encourage us this morning. Listen, I wish I was further than where I'm at. I will reach for the more. But I understand that God is trying to do something inside of us. And he's trying to do something deep inside of me. And it takes time for this to happen. I do not believe this. And I do not believe that the father's trimming his fingernails saying, oh my God, we got to hurry up. I believe that he's right on time. I believe it's like Polar Express. You remember when they kept breaking everything that would happen and he would look at the watch and finally the little kid said it ain't moving. Let me tell you something. The watch hand ain't moving in heaven. The watch hand's moving on the earth. He's living in eternity. Come on, friend. We're the ones that are in time linear. 
but God is committed to develop us. First, the seed comes into my heart. Then it begins to take hold, and it begins to produce the stalk. It is in the production of the stalk is where we miss. I got to let him with this. But when you see the stalk, that's when people think, I got it. I'm there. I mean, I made it. The stalk's up. If you run with the stalk, you will never hold the grain at the end. It is the stalk still needs the fertilization of the environment to produce the grain. The grain is where you take what's been planted into your life and now you're feeding all of those around you with it. That's the ultimate goal. It's how revival is going to take place. We're going to be hidden in society. It's going to take some time to develop. I've been here. I'll be, I'll be having dinner tonight with someone, but it's taken me eight years since I've been here. Eight years. Eight years of working, not living, being in the midst. Are you with me? Let's pray. Y'all all right? How many's leaving discouraged? I hope nobody. If you are, you heard wrong. It takes time. God's wanting some development. And this is what you got to understand. This church has always been about development. Junior, am I wrong or right? This has always been about development. I had a dream last night about, about raising kids, and a man come to me and he said, my God, it's very difficult to raise children. I said, it's absolutely difficult to raise children. That's why nobody don't want to do it. I mean, I wish I was an evangelist just to go out there and catch the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Their job is just to hook the crowd, pull them in. But if all we do is hook the crowd, what we have is a crowd full of infants that can't do nothing. Somebody's got to get in and teach. Somebody's got to get in and train and equip. So if you think about a development center, what do we always got? Babies crying and fussing and fighting. Diaper changing going on and discouraged why they can't, why they can't get it. Y'all don't do that with y'all's children. And it takes patience. I'm almost done. I don't want to throw him under the bus, but Asher, me and him rode to Valdos yesterday by ourselves. I told Catherine, I said, Lord, have mercy. He, he's definitely called to preach because he's not stopped talking since we left. He's asked me everything from how astronaut ties his shoelaces to how does a 500 kV watt power system hook up. But you know what? I never got frustrated. I did the best with every question. Because you know what he's doing? He's trying to learn. God, give us the grace to teach people. Give us the grace to be, to be long-suffering towards people. And give us the grace to stay planted where God's called us to, to the soul. I don't worry about if things are happening or not. I want to look at my feet and make sure that I'm planted in the soil that God's called me at. That's all that matters to me. Because if I'm planted in the soil that God called me to, then the rest is going to happen. God's committed to my development process. I got the promise of his word in Philippians 1. He that hath begun a good work in us shall complete it unto the day of the Lord. You with me? He's going to complete what he started in you. Raise your hands. I want to bless you right here, and we're going to go out of this place. Don't forget to keep up with us on Wednesday night. Don't forget on July the 4th, that Sunday, we're not going to be. We're going to be grilling hamburgers and hot dogs. And... Uh, Swimming with Matt's family down at Red Roberts Landing. I'm cutting over. <laughs> but anyhow. <laughs> so, Father, we bless the people today. 
in the mighty name of the Lord, I bless your people in this room. God, this room is so full of talent and gifting God and calls. Lord, there's so much great destiny setting in this room. And Father, I pray this morning, I pray most of all you would give them faith not to give up on the call and the destiny. But Lord, you would infuse them with hope, Lord, right now in this room. Lord, you would awaken. Some of them need to be awakened to what's really on the inside of them. And Father, you would help them in the development process to stay planted. Father, because your end goal is that they would produce a shade. They would produce full ears. They would be able to begin to feed many. And Lord, we thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. God bless you all. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday. And don't forget to catch us Wednesday night. We hope you enjoyed our weekly message. Thank you for joining us. We want to connect with you. Please visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc where you can find our social media information and directions to download our smartphone app. This will keep you connected to all things Cornerstone. We pray that you have a wonderful week.